Our scripture lesson today is found in the book of Genesis. If you're new to the Bible, it's in the front. And actually, it's the very first page. We're in Genesis chapter 1, and I'll read the first 10 verses for us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, And God saw that it was good. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We were seated on the grass near a tributary of the Amazon River. Our youth group from Park City's Prez had flown down to Lima and then taken a flight over the Andes into a town called Iquitos. And out of Iquitos, we headed south, a huge river, and we were in a boat about five feet wide, maybe 40 feet long, and an old little ring, 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 ring kind of engine. And I'm thinking, you know, we've brought all these kids from Dallas, And some of these parents are hoping they come back. (laughs) It's a little overwhelming. You think of the responsibility of doing things like that. And so many of us have done that together. Adult sponsors as well as teenagers who have now grown up a bit. And as we, we headed down, we found this open area in the jungle. And they pulled the boat right in. And we clambered out. And the kids had their backpacks and a suitcase. We all went running up, and there's nowhere to put your stuff. I mean, what are you going to do with your stuff? We had more stuff in our backpacks than these little orphans had to their name. Whatever they had, they were wearing. They had been rescued from the streets of Lima and Iquitos, and we were there to build an orphanage for them. And so we started working, it was hard work. And then in the evenings, after a robust dinner of bread, beans, and rice, I can't remember who did it, but somebody 
brought like a quart size of Tabasco. And if you're out there, I thank God for you right now. I mean, I don't know how we survived. And we would sing. We'd sit out on that little soccer field of a clearing and we would sing and we'd look up and see the stars, the, the Southern Cross as part of the Milky Way. It's just spectacular. We worship the Lord. We, we were reaffirmed by the Spirit that anywhere you go, I'm with you. The Lord's always with his people. And so through creation, God speaks to us. He cries out his glories, according to the psalmist. I want us to think about three things this morning. First of all, I want us to think about how generously God displays his power in creation. Creation is a generous display of God's power. God, according to this passage, he created in three levels. He created the heavens, he created the earth, and he created waters on the earth, the seas. And we know that from the first few verses of Genesis. But then God begins to fill. He he begins uh, to fill these beautiful arenas. It's almost as if God built a house and then he filled it. I don't know if you've ever built a home before, Uh, It's kind of exciting. You say something like, well, honey, we've saved $70,000. Let's go for it. Or maybe you're thinking, oh, you couldn't do it for $70,000. Maybe if you saved $3 million. And then, of course, others could say it, it takes more than that. But imagine, if you will, that you were going to design and build a home and you had no budget You can do whatever you want to do. And you can do it however you want to do it. That's very exciting. That's thrilling. Everybody has a budget. But you know what? God doesn't have a budget. When God created heavens and earth, he had limitless resources. He could do anything he wanted to do in any way he desired to do it. And he created the heavens and the earth, the land, and the seas. And then he started to fill those. He, he filled the air with birds, and he, he filled the land with vegetation and then animals, and, and he filled uh, the waters with fish and sea creatures. And then the, for the crowning glory, he created Adam and Eve. He waited. He created Adam and Eve. Now, I wanted you to think about the expanse of God's creation. And so I did a little bit of work for us, like the number of trees and fish and flowers and birds. There are three trillion trees in the world, 60,000 different species. How many different species would you create if you could create trees? I don't know, I might come up with eight (laughs) on a good day after coffee. 60,000 different species of tree. Flowers, 400,000 different species of flower. Fish, 
34,000 species, 3.5 trillion fish total. Obviously, that's an estimate. 3.5 trillion. So some of you are thinking right now, I'm not worried about the 3.5 trillion. I'm thinking about that one 10-pound bass in the tank right past the deer feeder. Oh, if I could get a double-digit bass, right? Well, God made that bass. And he made bass to grow. And if we manage that pond or that tank properly, right, we hope we get some double digits, 3.5 trillion. Birds, get ready, dove hunters. 6,600 species, 300 billion birds. People, 7.7 billion, 90,000 deaths today, 218,000 births today. China, largest population, about 1.4 billion, followed by India, United States, a distant third. 340 breeds of dog, 7,000 languages, 8.7 million species of animals, 10 billion galaxies filled with 100 billion stars per galaxy. I'm just going to have to say that again. 10 billion galaxies, 10, 100 billion stars per galaxy. That's 1 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. Grains of sand. You're already thinking about the beach, aren't you? Spring breaks around the corner. Seven quadrillion, 500 quadrillion grains of sand. In case you're wondering, and I know you are, there are more stars than there are grains of sand. But the same number of molecules in 10 drops of water exceed the number of grains of sand on the planet Earth. In 10 drops of water, molecules. How great is our God? How generous? How generous is he? The second thing I want us to think about is that our generous God delights in his creation. He delights in his creation. He celebrates. Do you know there are fish no one has ever seen except God. Remember the first time you went snorkeling and you're like, whoa, it's blue, it's yellow. Watch out for that one. Right? Think about that. You see all that. There are fish in the sea only God has seen. God made those fish for his pleasure. Think about when you fill your house. Think, imagine you, you, you build a, a, a ranch house and you're thinking, okay, let, let's, let's get a few magazines. Let's see what the rich people are doing. And then let's, let's kind of match some of that, right? This is where they get the furniture. And oh, look at that piece of leather furniture. Let's get that one. Those big raw beams that run through the middle. God filled his creation with these beautiful people and things that, that give him pleasure. And I want you to know that God delights in you today. You're, you're a miracle. 
I mean, those of us who've had medical problems, right? I mean, we, you just cruise along. You don't, think, uh, you don't think about jumping out of bed and running through the shower and brushing your teeth and throwing in your contacts and running on to work as a blessing until you can't do it any longer. I mean, we're kind of looking at each other, sizing one another up, right? We're like, whoa, he looks swollen. <laughs> right? You know, that's, age does funny things to us, right? But God takes pleasure in his creation. He celebrates you. He made you. He made you just, just for his own good pleasure. He delights in you. In Proverbs chapter 8, we hear, and I'm going to call this person God's foreman, the person uh, we know as wisdom, here identified in Proverbs chapter 8. Listen to what they say about God's creation. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. And that's why I thought, he's, this is like God's foreman in his construction, creation crew, if you will, like a master workman. And I was his delight. Rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. God delights in his creation and he delights in you. Do you know, because of God's creative power, because of his design and his pleasure in us, we, we do not undergo random acts. We're under God's providential care. If you stumbled in here this morning thinking, oh, I'll go to church, or God has gathered you here. He delights in you. He wants to pour encouragement and strength into you. He wants to put some wind in your sails and uh, set your rudder according to his word so that we can go forward. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's powerful. And he delights in his creation. Lastly, I want us to think about God as a generous God who redeems his creation. A generous God who redeems his creation. You'll remember, if you'll just go on a little journey with me through the Old and New Testament, that God would walk in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. And then Adam and Eve turn away from God. Satan convinced them that God was stingy. Think about that. Think of all God created. <laughs> Think of all the wonderful pleasures, the trees, 
the fish, the birds, the vegetation. And somehow Satan, through questioning, put the thought in their mind that God's holding out on you. Oh, yeah, 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 he gave you this stuff. But there's something he's holding back from you. That tree, that knowledge of the good and evil, he's holding out on you. Doesn't want you to be like God. And Adam and Eve fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. They turned their back on God. They sinned against him. They believed the God who created all things with no budget and who's so generous to them in his power and in his affection was holding out on them. So they turned away from God. Have you ever thought God's holding out on you? Oh, I, I know, uh, you know, here we are in Park City's Presbyterian Church, so it'd be hard to imagine that uh, God's been holding out on us. But, you know, sometimes we do think that, don't we? We think, you know, God, this is pretty good, but if you would, but only if, sometimes we look at our teenagers, and right now some of you are thinking, I wish you'd take them on a missions trip. Show them how the rest of the world lives, doggone it. Those boys didn't even have a backpack. Somewhere in the course of our journey, in our heart, we begin to doubt God. And Adam and Eve turned away from the Lord. And then he promised a redeemer in Genesis 3. He said, your seed will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. And then God provided another structure, a home for them, if you will, a home in the wilderness, the tabernacle, and then a home in the city, in the temple, so they could meet with God. <laughs> they could be encouraged. They could, they could somehow have a sense of the presence of this omniscient, omnipresent, everywhere, all at the same time, God through a temple. But even then, they turned against God. And so God sent his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. I love that word, whosoever. I know as a Presbyterian, uh, uh, sometimes we have trouble with the word all. A-L-L, all. We want to be careful to protect God from saving too many sinners. I, I don't know exactly what our, our struggle is. Some of us are fairly, fairly well-educated, a bit of a rational thinker. We're like, <laughs> what's up with this whosoever stuff? Well, God's a generous God. And you're going to be surprised in some of the people you see in heaven. And you know what? They're going to be surprised to see us, too. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what are you doing here? Man, who left the gate open? 
God loved the world in such a way, which I believe is a better translation, by the way, so sorry everyone who's memorized that verse, think about it. For God loved the world in such a way that he gave his son. What do I mean in such a way? He loved the world in such a way that there's no way humanity can enter God's presence because humanity is sinful. Humanity's turned away and our holy God will not endure us. So God loved the world in such a way he gave his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who lived a perfectly righteous life. He died a death in our place. And then he was placed in the ground, resurrected from the dead, and then he ascended into heaven. And right now, he reigns and rules from heaven. And one day he will return. And he will bring his people to himself. He will bring the whosoevers to himself in the form of his grace and mercy. And he will delight in us. And he will bring those outside of his people into his presence. And they will be in his presence in the form of his wrath. The form of his just wrath. Every sin ever committed will be punished. Those of us who are in Christ, Christ has taken our punishment. Those outside of Christ will be punished according to God's wrath. One of the reasons that Lara and I feel led to work in the urban areas of Chattanooga is Chattanooga is probably the most Christianized city in the world. Per capita, Chattanooga probably gives away more money than any city in the world. I'll just wear those two statements for a moment. And God has been kind to give Lara and I relationships with key minority leaders in Chattanooga. In my opinion, and this is completely subjective, I believe Chattanooga is the most segregated city in which I've ever lived. And God in his kindness has given Lara and I friendships with black and Hispanic leaders in Chattanooga. And when I say friendships, I mean friendships. I don't mean I'm the pastor of the white, wealthy church in Chattanooga and I'll show up with a checkbook so you better be nice to me, pastor. Friendship. I mean friendship. I mean, we eat in one another's homes. We know our children's names. We do world missions trips together. We argue because sometimes I think they're wrong and sometimes they think I'm wrong. And quite often, I'm so racist, I don't even know I'm racist. Many of you know my grandchildren are mixed. I've got black and Hispanic and white grandchildren. How could I possibly be racist? Well, it's because I'm a human. If I go to China or Mexico, 
or Peru or the Philippines. I mean, name a country. I've been to 60 countries, more. The lighter-skinned people tend to be in an area of prominence. And those who are darker-skinned struggle. They're oppressed. And so God, in his kindness, has called Laura and I to equip minority leaders so they will be established in their faith. My goal for Chattanooga is that every Christian in Chattanooga would be established in their faith. If we're the most Christianized city in the world, why haven't we taken that city? Because our Christians are not established in their faith. So they don't know how to establish other people in their faith. So we're going to take that call. And we're also going to do this globally. We've been developing international relationships for about 35 years. And so when I come, they don't have to try to impress me as the person who's the donor. After everyone leaves, they can look and say, hey, we're really struggling in our marriage. My wife does not love me anymore. And I'm a missionary and I don't know what to do. Those of you who know my marital background can imagine that I might understand a little bit about struggles in marriage. And so God, in his beauty, has given us a new call to come alongside to establish people in their faith and to take leaders and help them uh, to learn to lead and uh, that they might have a covering that humbly Laura and I, by God's grace, could somehow be their covering. I want to close with this thought. It's one more statistic. And if you have your phone with you, you're going to Google it as soon as I say it. I'm just going to ask you, try not to Google it. Try to listen to the preacher a few more minutes. You're not going to. The average cumulus cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds. Cumulus, if you're trying to spell it, C-U-M-U-L-U-S. 1.1 million pounds. So right now, as you walk out these doors, you look up and you're going, you'll find a cloud. I think it's cloudy today. And in your brain, you're going to do the math. And you're going to say, above me sits 1.1 million pounds. And God in his kindness lets it fall on us one drop at a time. One drop at a time. You imagine if he opened that puppy up all in one shot? I'm going to give you one more statistic and then hopefully point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. One inch of rain over one square mile equals 17.4 million gallons or 143 million pounds. 
So just imagine Park City's Prez in the middle of a square mile, covered in clouds. If it were to rain one inch in that square mile, it would be 17.4 million gallons. And that would weigh 143 million pounds. So right now, our city is covered with millions of pounds of water, which God has separated, right? Go back to Genesis. He separated this. If you were to imagine that as God's wrath, that God's wrath is hanging over Dallas. And if he were to let that wrath go, he would crush us. He would drown us. When we were in Peru, we started to sing our hymns and we looked up and the clouds were covering the stars. And by the time we were done singing, the stars were sparkling and twinkling. And we saw the Southern Cross. In the midst of God's wrath, his just wrath, May we see the cross. May we see that Christ took God's wrath. We deserve, Christ took that on the cross that we might have life. So every day for the rest of your life, <laughs> when you see a cloud, I want you to do things. <laughs> I want you to praise God for his power in creation and then praise God for his grace and how he placed his wrath on Christ. So he generously, generously has poured his love out on his people. Let's pray together. Well, Father, that you have manifest yourself to us through your word and through your creation and, and through the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. Father, for those of us who know you, being filled with your spirit, we worship you. We humbly, thoughtfully, quietly turn our heart toward you, and we say, oh God, thank you. Thank you for your marvelous creation. Thank you for the incarnation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for visiting your wrath on him in our place. Father, for those who don't know you, who are here or under the sound of my voice, I pray, Spirit, you would fall on them in such a way. You would open their eyes. They would see creator, redeemer, who delights in them, who loves them with the love of Christ, who's the gift for our lives and for our future. In you and you alone, Lord Christ, do we find our hope. We love you. We make our prayer in Jesus' name and all God's people said together, amen. <laughs>